0: Period is a production of BNM Media and brought to you by Sooners360.com. Make sure to go follow Jalen at Sooner Daily on Instagram and at underscore Jalen Ross on Twitter.
1: Alright, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Blitz Period, and this is Jalen Ross, and today we've got another. Uh, former player podcast this time. It's not a round table. It's just a one on one. And uh, I think you guys will like this one. It's a pretty special one. Uh, We've got a man here who some may consider blood also known as family. And uh, he's a legend in the town of Moore, Oklahoma, although he's not from Moore, Oklahoma, he's got a lot of fans all over this place. A former walk-on at the university of Oklahoma contributed a ton to some of those teams under Lincoln Riley and an Allen Eagle legend and a current wide receiver for the New Orleans Breakers and the USFL. Everybody welcome in our guest, Lee Morris, aka T D Lee. T D Lee, let everybody know how you're doing today. Doing good, doing good. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, of course, of course. So um first off, we we gotta we gotta ask, we we've asked this question with uh former players on in the past and really just all the interviews we've done. On the show, we've asked this question uh, mainly. We got to start off with asking uh, what you thought about the twenty twenty two season. We know you you were at the home games this year. You you saw some of them up close. Uh, you know, obviously, you bring in a whole, a whole new uh, staff and and things like that. You you already know the whole nine yards that whole situation. But a team ends up going set six and seven, obviously not ideal. What what were your thoughts on this season just as a whole? And then after that. Uh, where do you think this program is heading under the head man in charge in Brent Venables?
0: Uh, you no, know, overall, I mean, I'm sure most people would say it's disappointing. I wouldn't go that far, but uh, it wasn't, it was a down year not, you know, what we're used to at Oklahoma, but you know, that's going to happen with, you know, coaching changes. So, you know, I was expecting, you know, somewhat of a down year compared to previous years, but, uh, overall, I'd say we're going in the right direction, you know, you know, just talking to players that I knew from this past season and then just, you know, guys I got to meet and just meeting some of the players and staff, you know, they're, they're moving in the right direction. you know, coach, coach Venables is, has a plan for them. And, uh, I think it's going to take a
1: big leap forward in year two. Yeah. And and that's a big thing that we've, we've been talking about a lot. Uh, And I like this. I mean, you, you've got the same answer as many of the people that have came on this show and they aren't just sunshine pumpers. I mean, these are guys that have been through the grind and stuff and understand uh, what it all takes to, to get to the top. So um, we're going to take a little bit of a dive back and uh, talk about your process to Oklahoma. You walked on, as I mentioned, uh, you played your high school ball at a really good school and I, in texas you were a teammate with kyler murray which it's talked about a ton and you had a few scholarship offers coming out of high school but you ended up ultimately choosing oklahoma so um i don't think a lot of people really know this but like our family history at oklahoma is insane uh and yeah. i mean it still runs deep to this day and uh I, you know i would understand why you made that decision but for those that wouldn't quite get it, why did you just choose to walk on at Oklahoma? Uh, I mean, just growing up, you know, sooner born, sooner
0: red. My dad played there, you know, from 83 to 87, uh, watching all of his highlights, you know, on uh, VCR, back when VCR was a thing. Um, and, you know, just, you know, like you said, the family ties, you know, uh, grandpa, on my dad's side, you know, Teaching there, uh, grandma, uh, aunts, uncles, you know, know, I can go forever for, you know, just the lakes that we have at OU and then just the history. And
1: then, you know, it's just such a winning program. You know, I want to be a part of it. Yeah, you got a chance really to live out that dream of uh, most most kids because, I mean, like you said, growing up, being in in a deeply rooted OU family, that's your dream. You know, your parents have been season ticket holders for time. Your grandparents have been season ticket holders for fifty something years, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So I mean, it's 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 they've been around. And growing up around that, getting the chance to play there, then not only play there, but you you ended up actually being a guy that contributed to the team. You were a guy that you I mean, I'll be honest, you became a fan favorite. Uh, you know, I remember I used to tell you all the time, people would be like, coming up to me talking about Lee this Lee that and I mean you you became a, a really popular name among the fan base and uh I mean I can go back as recent as the month of December when somebody asked me about you so you made an impact in your time at Oklahoma and you 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 really did get get to live out that dream so talk about just the process of I mean you you were a guy that again you were a walk-on you worked your way up you red-shirted you uh, got time on special teams and then you started seeing yourself in the offense way more what what did it take to get to that point point? and then was there ever a point where you realized like I could I, I could be somebody here I can be a uh, dude on this team yeah
0: so I'll, I'll actually I'll start from the very beginning so uh, January 2015 uh, signing days about a month month out uh, coaching staff changes that had been made at OU. Uh, Heifel was let go. Coach Riley was brought in as the OC. Uh, some other changes were made, and it was late in the recruiting uh, period, and they were trying to make a late push. John Tyler to possibly, uh, you know, swing him to OU coming out of high school. And our OC at the time at Allen High School, Jeff Fleener, um, said, uh, showed them my film just because you know, they, they were there and I told them that I wanted to be at OU, you know, from the beginning and they, they loved what they saw. They, you know, they told me, you know, if, if it wasn't so late in the recruiting process, you know, if you were a junior, we'd be offering you a scholarship right now, but you know, they already had, I believe, I think all 25 scholarship slots filled. So they offered me a preferred walk-on opportunity and I took it obviously any chance I'll to get to go to OU, I was going to take it, so I, I leaped on that opportunity as soon as they offered it to me. Of the um, then going into the 2015 season, I would say, uh, like most, like most, you know, college athletes, there were some uh, growing pains. You know, I had to adjust, you know, just to being a student athlete. You know, student first and then athlete second. Um, Learn how to manage my time in classes, and then also, you know managing what I wanted to focus on, which is, you know, improving and making an impact on the football team. Obviously I didn't do that my first year. I was redshirted, So I developed, um, on scout team. I was going against, you know, Zach, Zach Sanchez, Jordan Thomas, Jordan Evans, uh, Eric Stryker, you know, you can, I can go a list, you know, list them all off for you, but, you know, going against those guys every day for, I don't know, 15, 16, 17 weeks straight, you know, you you're gonna develop. And uh it, I definitely took a leap. You know, in 2016, I uh became a starter on I want to say three special teams teams that year and got some uh limited uh snaps on offense, you know, throughout the year in 2016. Uh, I would say probably, well, let me back up a little. I would say Going into uh that 2016 season, as I'm going through these growing pains, I had uh issues academically at first. Um and th- there was a meeting I had with my academic advisor, and I don't know if she meant to tell me that or not, but um I was on the brink of possibly, you know, being ineligible. But you know, I've made some uh degree changes and what I had to do in order to stay eligible and uh, make sure I also got my degree. But while she mentioned in that meeting that the coaches really, you know, had faith in me that I could be something, you know, special. I don't know if that's what they told her directly or she, you know, paraphrased, but that's all I needed to, you know, just keep pushing and make sure I was eligible with my grades and then just keep grinding out, you know, throughout the off season going into twenty sixteen. And sure enough it Uh, Started the show that year, as I said, you know, starting on three or four special teams, uh, having limited snaps. Um, And then 2017 was uh, an even bigger leap, uh, starting to play more on offense, scoring against Ohio State. And then 2018 was obviously the big year when I earned my scholarship and was uh, basically a uh, huge
1: piece in the offense yeah so you, you mentioned uh you mentioned earlier in that answer about uh scholarship, and you know we know that was a big day when you you got offered that scholarship, and I think we all kind of saw it coming after that Florida Atlantic game. um It was kind of funny because I know when you blocked that punt, I didn't know it was you that blocked the punt, and i was in I was in the crowd uh so thing is this, I had your jersey already, it was at the house, and I didn't wear it that day. That was the only time that season I didn't wear it. One of your biggest games, I didn't wear it. So I'm sitting up there in the stands, and you block the punt. And I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, cool, block punt. Then I look on the video board, and I see 84. I'm like, holy crap, that's that's Lee. And Like, I, I lost my mind. So getting back to the house later that day, that's mm-hmm. the only thing everybody's talking about. Lee, Lee's about to get a scholarship. Lee's about to get a scholarship. They're on the news. They're talking about it. You were getting interviewed about it and stuff like that. Uh, we're all over Twitter, looking at what Lincoln Riley's saying after the game about you, uh, mm-hmm. and and so um, shout out shout out to Mark. Me and Mark were talking about this too. Uh, we were talking about the whole scholarship thing. So that week, I believe it was the week after the UCLA game, is when it happened. And uh, it was in practice. It was on social media. So, did you know, like after that Florida Atlantic game, did you kind of have a feeling that, like, yeah, it, it's it's coming any moment? at any moment it could happen yeah i i believed it was going to
0: happen it was um to clarify it was leading up to the ucla game so because we played florida atlantic first and then ucla next so it was that i want to say that monday practice uh at the very end coach riley announced i was on scholarship uh but yeah I, i had a i had a feeling that you know i finally you know you know, got the recognition and got a lot of support that I needed in order to finally get that scholarship. And uh sure enough, you know, that that Monday coming up, you know, Coach Coach Riley made it official for me and, you know, I
1: couldn't be happy. So when you go back to that moment in practice and uh, the video shows, like Coach Riley's giving a speech and then out of nowhere, he says Lee Morris is on scholarship. So what I, I want you to kind of talk about Talk about that day, like just the reaction that you were getting, because I know you tweeted about it. and That tweet got some crazy uh, insight on it. Uh, and then what's your because I mean, I know you said that you were expecting it, but like you're you just ended practice. You're sitting there listening to him and him talk. And then out of nowhere, he says you're on scholarship. Like what's going through your body at that moment when you hear those words?
0: Uh, a lot of relief, but also. You know, just, you know, determination to keep pushing and, you know, make sure, you know, for myself and then also everyone else that I deserve that scholarship and, you know, uh, earn that scholarship. Um, You know, I just, it was a a lot that was just going on. I I obviously, you know, just I, I had all my teammates, you know, jumping me, surrounding me, slapping me on the head, you know, congratulating me. Um, but, you know, just overall, I would say relief and then just determination just to keep going job. You know, I got my scholarship, but now it's time to continue to keep contributing. I believe I, I did that, you know, the rest of my career.
1: So we're going to go back a little bit further here. So, uh, we've, we briefly mentioned your high school days, but for those who don't know, uh, Lee played at Allen high school, AKA the school that, uh, didn't lose a game when he played at Allen. Won three state titles, if I'm not mistaken, three or four. Right. Uh, teammates with Cardinals quarterback Kyler Murray on some star-studded teams. I mean, it was it was you, Kyler, uh, Jalen Guyton, who's doing some things in the NFL. I think he's still in the league, uh, but I know he was doing something last year. Uh, I mean, you, I mean, it was it was a loaded team, and then we we were lucky enough to witness a few games in person and stuff like that. I mean, you talk about those years, just being a part of a program like that. That was, I mean, you guys were a powerhouse, not only in Texas, but on a national st- stage I mean, you guys were all over max preps uh, Sunday night football. I mean, all these different things, all these different people, there was a Nike commercial. Like it was a, it was a whole bunch of stuff, a whole lot of press you guys were getting. I mean, like, it's like you got, were you guys like superstars in the city of Allen?
0: Uh, I, w- I wouldn't say superstars, but I would say you know just uh, we were we were well known. I'm not gonna say we're, we were superstars, uh, but you know you know if you played at Allen, you know people really knew you know who you are. You know I mean Allen is relative relatively still small, but I mean it's it's bigger now. It's you know compared you know we have Frisco playing all the other you know, cities are growing beside us as well, but, you know, just growing up in Allen from, uh, in high school, we, yes, you, if you played at Allen, if you played football out in high school, people knew who you were. And, you know, you list off people like Kyler, Jalen Guyton, Bobby Evans, Tay Evans, Christian Sam. Uh, I can, I can go on for a while. Greg Little, who's playing the league right now as well. You know, we had a bunch of, uh, guys that went on to play college ball and, uh, pro ball as well. So, I mean, we were, we 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 knew what we had uh talent wise but we didn't let that you know distract us you know from the ultimate goal, which was uh winning and winning every time we
1: were out there on the field, yeah, I didn't even mention the fact these guys played in a sixty million dollar stadium so uh <laughs> <laughs> when you when you go back to that, it's i remember your senior year uh you got the game that we came to you guys played keller central, ran them out of the stadium. Then you played in the state championship game. Uh, I think it was against. I can't remember the name. Of this uh, Sky name Ranch. Yeah, Sky Ranch. Sky Ranch or One, whatever. Whatever it was. Whoever team you played, y'all also ran them out of the stadium. <laughs> and you mentioned you mentioned that stacked roster of players you guys had. And I think I read somewhere a while back that there was a point where Allen sent like the most players to Division One schools or something like that uh, during y'all's time there. So what 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 was it about Allen that just made you guys such a like such a force to be reckoned with? Because the uh, other thing too, just real quick, they haven't it, just pretty much say they're not the same Allen now as they were at that point. So, yeah. what was it about you guys that just separated y'all from everybody else in the state? Uh,
0: the culture that was developed, you know, obviously, you know that that's that's where it starts. You know, we 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 it was a brotherhood, you know, just everyone there, you know you know bonded with each other, you know each position had their own you know team dinners you know throughout the week during the season, you know guys you know you know for the most part grew up in allen, and so they knew each other growing up i don't know from you could say from kindergarten for me, it was uh uh sixth grade elementary school uh all the way up to high school, so you you guys just you see each other grow together and you know bond just keep you know building you know to uh possibly be you know you know state champs that was always the dream with state champs you know each year, and sure enough, we got it uh, I want to say my fifth grade year that was the first time Alan won a state championship, and sure enough after that, it was always state championship, state championship, state championship, and sure enough, we were always just so close and then. Uh, once Kyler came along, that was the uh, final piece we needed, and just you know, you know, I mean, we 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 knew what we had, and we knew that if we, you know, just stay focused and just stay together, you know, nothing would beat us, and we would dominate. Sure enough, we did.
1: So with with the like we talk about the culture and stuff like that, do you think that some of that? I mean, because because even now, I think like the the. The the quote unquote new Allen is probably a school here in the state of Oklahoma, Bixby. I mean, they're they've won like fifty some straight games, uh, five six state straight state titles, all that. And a lot of people talk about these these kind of schools being super helpful when you get to college. So when it, when it came for like obviously Allen and OU aren't the same at all. But do you think your time at Allen, the stuff like the workouts and all the stuff that you went through, how much of that? How much of that experience really helped you once you got to college?
0: It definitely helped out a lot. Just, I mean, uh, from you know, from weight room to you know, just expectations that were you know set set on us, you know, from the beginning to you know, you know, meet how meetings are handled, how practices handled. All of it was, you know, as close as you can really get to you know a a high division one program, you know, we, there, you, I had a coach, um, in high school mention that, you know, we we're getting, you know, you know, coaching that many people won't even see until college. If they get to college, you know, there's guys that went into college, who didn't know how to, you know, power clean or hand clean, you know, that's a exercise that you do while you're weightlifting, which is very, you know, specific for explosiveness and yeah. And you know back squat you know just plenty of he lists off a bunch of different things that you know we're doing at allen that we'll be prepared for if from when we go to college and <clears throat> and it sure enough show I'm, I'm my first my first workout with uh at ou with Schmidt. um i could tell just you know going through i think it was back squat at the time you know he was you know, relatively, relatively impressed with how much weight I was moving at such a young age during my uh first workout. And sure enough, you know, I just thought back to that coach mentioning, you know, how prepared we were going to be for uh college ball.
1: Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna fast forward a little bit to uh or going back to your time at Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. So uh you you had your first touchdown in 2017 against uh UTEP. And yep. conveniently enough, Kyler Murray threw you the pass. Uh, and then the next week, and I'll ask this in the next question, but the next week you caught a touchdown in Columbus against Ohio State in that big win. So, uh, backtracking to UTEP, you score that first touchdown. I mean, what like w- I did all that talk of, you of like reminiscing on being an OU guy growing up, and you get the chance to play there, but you catch your first touchdown at Owen Field. I mean, like what could you, what what can you possibly be thinking in that moment? Uh, do not
0: get a personal foul for celebrating too much. And luckily I didn't, I, I just, I just celebrated with my teammates. Um, you know, i was you know, trying to stay calm, but also, you know, enjoy that moment. Cause you know, obviously, you know, scoring anyone who plays football, scoring your first touchdown is always a special moment. And, you know, I just, the only thing I wish was that it was in the other end zone, you know, in front of my parents, but, but luckily enough, later on, I was able to score a couple in front of them.
1: Yeah, so then we we go to the touchdown in Columbus, and uh, that win—I mean, that's that's like, like the win that really defines. Uh, I mean, you can call it what it is now, but it really defines uh, Coach Riley's era at Oklahoma. That was like his big game, only in his second game too, and that was really his signature win. Uh, you went up there and handled business. You had a touchdown in that game. I mean, you had it, it was Saturday night. It's prime time. You got Kirk Herb Street on the call and all that. That has to be a moment, especially in one of like the most historic venues in football in the Horseshoe. I mean, so many people have have scored touchdowns in that in those end zones, and you get a chance to do that. Uh, I'm I remember I'm not going to say what he said, but I remember Reese also talking about that night after the game too, and uh, he was telling a whole bunch of stories. But um, you get an opportunity in that game to go and put up six points. I mean, is 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 it like that same feeling of like? It was was that kind of like okay I'm really here now. Um, uh,
0: I would I would say well, in, in that moment right there in that moment all all I all I noticed was just the silence and then just like the faint cheering in the upper section that you can hear from OU fans that that's the one moment that's going to stick with me for forever in that moment from scoring that touchdown but obviously later on. You know, after, you know, getting the job done and winning the game, you know, obviously believe that, you know, all right, I've, you know, I've made my made identity for myself and that could be a big
1: contributor for the team. So you you had this um, <laughs> there was this motto when it came to you when you were at Oklahoma, that was all he does is make plays. And really, it was all he does is to score touchdowns. But uh, then it got to be all he does is make plays. And I remember the OU football account tweeting out one time you caught a pass and they were like, Lee Morris finally caught a pass that wasn't a touchdown. And that was a whole thing. Now, an insane stat is you averaged 20 yards a catch in your career at Oklahoma. Do you have a favorite play? Be, it, can be, it can even be the block punts or special teams play. Maybe you knock somebody out or something like that. I mean, just what, what was your favorite play at Oklahoma that you made?
0: Uh favorite play. Uh it'd be easy to say the Ohio State game, um, the touchdown at Ohio State, but I will have to go with uh the touchdown against FAU. Uh I think that was my longest touchdown at OU. And then that was obviously my uh first one of that season and that also helped lead to the scholarship uh later on that later on that week and just that moment, you know, I I can remember it to this day. You know, whenever I see like the highlights, uh, you can see it like fairly in the background. You can see my dad's shoes because he literally ran down from his seat about eight ten eight ten rows up, all the way down to the gate that when well, they made renovations, but back then there was a gate that laid, that leads right onto the field. You can see his black shoes, and I knew it was him. And that that moment, that moment moment's always just going to be special for me. And then also just, you know, celebrate with Kyler and Bobby. I have a photo that's saved in my phone of me and Bobby. And Bobby's, you know, embracing me, screaming at me, you know, just, <laughs> just telling tell me how much he's happy for me at that moment. Uh,
1: that is a special photo uh, for me that I always keep in my phone. And so even with those plays, you played in a lot of big games. We talked about Ohio State. You played in uh... – a few playoff games, uh, two games we will not, we won't even talk about. But um, you, you played in some big games. Uh, what was your, what was your favorite game that you played? It uh, favorite game.
0: why uh, one. Uh, there's, there's too many to think of. I mean, I could. I mean, each one with there's playing that was like special. I mean, twenty sixteen when we beat Oklahoma state, I, I didn't even do, I didn't, I mean, I was special teams. I, I was so obviously my names, gonna be called a lot, but just, I mean, I was on special teams a lot, um, uh, that, that game, um, and just that, that atmosphere winning a big 12 championship in, you know, on Owen field, you know, just the weather, it wasn't the best weather. It was a little rainy. If I remember, um, You know, just the whole environment just was absolutely wild. Um, I could go Ohio State again. I could go uh, being Texas in 2018 uh, for the Big 12 championship. That's probably my favorite. I'll 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 settle with that one. That one's probably my favorite just because, you know, we had to get revenge against OU Texas that year. And Mm -hmm. sure enough, it was for a uh, Big 12 championship
1: and also a spot in the playoffs. So I lied. I, I said we weren't going to mention the game, but I actually have to because you are the first player that played in that dreadful game uh, that's been on here. So uh, if y'all don't know what I'm talking about, I'm talking about the Rose Bowl, and that game still gives me nightmares to this day. Anytime I see a highlight or picture, I turn away because I mean that <laughs> they can't see you, but I can see it in your face too. Right now, it's like they, we were this close to going to the national championship and it didn't happen. So I need to know like what was what's the team feeling like? Like Sony Michelle turns that corner, he scores, game's over. Everybody's on the field, then you go into the locker room. What's what's like the vibe among the team at that point?
0: Uh shock, silence, disbelief, you know, just all the negative words that you can think of. I'm sure that all Sooner fans were feeling in that moment after the game as well, just, you know, just, it was, it was so close. It was right there. There was plenty of opportunities where we could have put it away or, you know, just, you know, kept it from, you know, from happening, from even them coming back or winning the uh, game in overtime. But yeah, just, you know, overall it was just shock and disbelief in the locker room, you know, just, can't believe that this magical season is coming to end. You know, we believe that we were really gonna make it all the way there. And as you know, as you said and I said, we were just so close. And now it's just, you know,
1: just what if, what could have happened. That's all we can think of now. Yeah, and I didn't even mention that was that was Baker's last game too. And uh, so the interesting thing about you actually is that you played with all three quarterbacks. You played with Baker, you played with Kyler, obviously, you played with Jalen Hurts. And uh, Jalen Hurts, I mean, he's well on his way. I hate to say it because I can't stand the Eagles, but he's probably on his way to winning a Super Bowl this year. And I mean, he, I mean, he's he's definitely surpassed my expectations of what he was going to do in the pros. But you played with three great college quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to ask you to pick which one was the best, but I want to ask you like just that, just that, because I mean, I mean, UNC both did it. But for you, what was what was that? I mean, what was it like playing with? The- those three guys. Uh
0: it, it's really, you know, truly special, you know, you don't get to play for uh two Heisman winners and uh three, well, two Heisman winners and another Heisman finalist. Uh but, you know, each of them were special in their own ways, you know, they each had their own uh way of handling the offense and handling, you know, being a leader, you know, as a quarterback, but you know, they were all special and talented and, you know, I'm, I've am been blessed just to be
1: a part of it. Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, I'm not gonna make you compare them, but when, I mean, we as fans, we all see what their differences are athletically and what they do on the field. I mean, Baker was the gunslinger. Kyler was the athlete. Uh, Jalen hurts was kind of a mixture of both. He had his moments, but he was a mixture of both. Uh, what What was different about each guy? just like in your terms of like, maybe not even just, I mean, you can talk about leadership and all that, but I mean, just in, cause I mean, we know like quarterbacks, us being receivers, we know it's, it's different. Each quarterback has a different type of, they have their own stick and stuff like that. What was different about each quarterback? Uh,
0: I mean, Baker, ba- uh, Baker, you know, he's, he was the gunslinger. He was, you know, you know, had all, all the confidence in the world and, you know, he, he showed it, he lets you know it too. Um, you know, when you have him as a teammate, you know, that gives you a huge boost of confidence, you know, just to go out there and match his energy and match his performance. Um, Kyler, Kyler was, you know, he was a little, he was a little more quiet, but I mean, he still talked, um, you know, he let his play do the talking and, sure enough, that was more than enough to get the job done and, you know, just, you know, leading by example that way was, you know, very special. And then Jalen as well. Jalen was more, he was more serious. He was, a he was a mixture of both. He was a little more serious. Uh, he, he, he talked, he talked more often to Kyler, but probably not as much as Baker. And then, you know, just, he, he got the job done, you know, letting you know that, you know, we, we're not satisfied, you know, obviously, you know, his phrase was, uh, what, what was it, rat poison, I believe. <laughs> uh You know, just like Nick Saban. Yeah, like like Nick Saban, um, you know, just not, not satisfied with what we have, you know, until we get to the end goal, which was the national championship. Unfortunately, we didn't get all the way there, but, you know, looking back, we had one hell of a season.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, the only problem is you ran into Joe Burrow. So, you know, that, had it not been him, it would have been a different story. But uh, so I actually just got reminded of this. So uh, the Baylor game in 2019, uh, that was I mean, the, the first half in that game was. I, I don't even know how to describe it. It was terrible. Um, you know, I remember I remember going on Twitter. everybody saying put Spencer Rattler in the game there. I mean, they're going they're going insane. Because I mean, Jalen was not playing well at that moment. But the other thing was, CeeDee Lamb didn't play in that game, and he was he was uh, like the, he was the number one guy that season. Which I mean, you know, a few of us thought you should play a little bit more. But anyway, um, you were the leading receiver in that game. You had about eighty yards, uh, ten catches. So you were, I think, you averaged like well, obviously, you would average like eight yards a catch. But you uh, you had a terrific game that day. But I want to know, like, what was the what was the what was the, what was being said? And we assume Jalen Hurts being Jalen Hurts that he spoke up. What was being said in the locker room at halftime of that game? You guys are down two, three scores at that point, and then in the second half, y'all just came out swinging and controlled the rest of the game from that point on. What was what was said in the locker room? Um, I mean, it's been so long now; I
0: can't remember word for word. But I mean, <laughs> to summarize, I mean, just you know i mean it's not it's not it's not that uh impossible for us to you know come back from this game you know with the firepower we have and the talent we have um you know it just takes you know just drive at a time and sure enough you know that's all it did just you know it took all three sides of the ball: offense defense special teams you know uh piemont punched the ball out um Uh, just us, you know, staying, you know, balanced in the run game and pass game, that second half, um, uh, special teams covering down, covering down, you know, giving us good field position or putting them in bad field position. Just all those little things was what needed to happen. And sure enough, we did it. And sure enough, before you look up, you know, the game's tied and, you know, Baylor's panicking and we're sitting over there knowing that we have all the momentum in the world and, you know, we have this game won. All we got to do is just get the ball back. And sure enough, that's all it took.
1: Yeah, that, I mean, that's honestly one of the best game, better games we've seen in a long time. Uh, and especially defensively. But, um, so I'm not going to ask you to talk about the whole Riley situation, but I want to know, again, you are the first player on here that played for him. So what was what was it like playing in his offense? I mean, it was, uh, cause, I mean, y'all, y'all essentially really both got here at the same time even though you came a little bit after y'all both came in 2015. Uh, he brought in a whole new offense. Uh, that was Baker Mayfield's first year starting. But what can you talk about? Like the Lincoln Riley system uh, playing in it, you know, what were like his, his go-tos and things like that? Uh, I mean,
0: we can be here all day for that, but uh, <laughs> just to sum it up, probably just like I would say in one word was, creative you know if i had to give another word explosive you know fun you know just you know there there was so much that so much that we had in that offense you know just all these different personnel so different you know formations and schemes you know to get certain people open and you know get certain matchups that we needed and you know certain you know looks that we needed in order to run certain plays you know just the way he was able to do it i'll never forget uh coach Beamer talking to coach Beamer during one time during a practice. And he was telling us kind of like how coach Riley is in meetings with just the coaches. And, you know, he's trying to, you know, let them know he's not crazy, but he's like writing out these certain plays. And, you know, coach Beamer's looking at him like, yeah, that'll work perfectly. And I'm just sitting there laughing. And sure enough, I can't remember which exact play it was, but later on that season we ran it and it worked to perfection. And it's just, it's just little things like that, that, You know, make Coach Coach Riley special. You know he, and that's why he's you know obviously you know deemed one of the best offensive play callers in you know college football. So you know, I'll just I'm I'm
1: blessed to be you know a part of that when I was. And so I mean, the the thing with that, like looking on it now, uh, number one thing I hear about Jeff Levy's offense now is that it's a little bit harder to learn. It's a lot, like it's a lot but it's like the language and all that stuff is really difficult. Uh, I've seen bits and pieces of it behind the scenes, but was, was coach Riley's system? I don't want to say easy because no uh, system should be easy to run if you know what you're doing, but was it, was it a little bit more simple to learn? Like you, you were able to gravitate or you were able to understand what you were looking at like that. Yeah, I, I
0: would, I would say so. Um, you know, and, you know, that's credit to Coach Riley and his staff, Coach Riley, you know, Coach Gundy, you know, you know, Coach Gundy being my position coach, you know, he was the main guy that was telling us, you know, each of our assignments and he made it, you know, so he made it very easy for us to understand. And, you know, if he wasn't explaining it, Coach Riley was. And, you know, once you're in that offense for, I mean, a couple of months, you know, you really get the hang of things. And, you know, once you're able to play fast and just not think that that's what makes that's what makes the off that's what makes the offense go i mean yeah i i learned that you know just you know being there once i i didn't have to think and i just reacted to whatever was in front of me you know that's what made it easy and that's what you know led to all the you know high scoring games that we had while i was there
1: yeah so just taking this back one more time so
0: I would assume that Coach Gundy recruited you, right? Yes, Coach Gundy and Coach Riley were the two that came to
1: my uh, high school uh, in January 2015. Okay, so this isn't a question, but it's just it's just kind of wild that like Coach Gundy recruited you, and he also recruited my dad. And now, unfortunately, I'm not going to get the opportunity to be recruited by him, but that would have been pretty awesome. But uh, one of the things I noticed about Coach Riley as well was – you see most of these offensive coordinators, they have these big like lunch menus that they carry around when they call plays. Coach Riley held, I mean, essentially it was like a napkin. It was a, a receipt. Do you know what was on that, on that little sheet of paper he would always carry around? Yeah. All the, all the
0: play calls for certain situations where, whether we were, you know, you know, just open, you know, just an open field first, second down, third downs, red zone, uh, tight zone, goal line—you know all all the different plays. You know, then, you know he would just, you know, cut them down to. I remember, I remember seeing that on Twitter because he did a uh, uh, coaching clinic, I guess, a year or two back, and he wanted, I think, I think like he said, eighty percent of the plays on that play sheet to be uh, confident to run against any look that we went against, and sure enough, you know, looking back, it worked. So you know it it, obviously you know each coach has their own different way of uh you know formulating their play sheets and uh calling plays and how they how they want to run their offense and that's how coach Riley ran it and you know like I said it (laughs) works
1: yeah and it I mean it's the I mean you gotta give credit where it's due he a genius he knows what he's doing came up under the Mike Leach tree and uh you know, I actually read this somewhere not too long ago, uh, that the interesting thing about him was like, he doesn't even, he's not one of those coaches that has just like a ton of plays. It's just like he has these certain plays and you can run them in a a ton of different formations. And I mean, that's really mostly how the air raid is, but, uh, that was his thing was like, he could run the same play out of any formation he wanted to. And it worked like that. And so, um, and that was one of the things I always appreciated was how much he loved using guys like you, tight ends, slots, those kind of guys. I remember seeing a play not too long ago. I, you probably know the play where uh, uh, Grant Calcaterra, shout out to Grant, caught a touchdown on this play against Kansas State. It was like some little it was like some little double post and then Grant's by himself in the corner or on the pylon or whatever. He's wide open. It's like that kind of creativity is insane to think about, but I know some of the listeners are not going to like me talking about that or being positive about that whole thing. But anyway, uh, yeah. as we wind down, I want to ask you what we got to ask every former player, um, Jerry Schmidt. <laughs> and uh, I had an opportunity actually to meet him this past week. Uh, awesome dude. I mean, it, it's easy to see how he gets you. But um, you you, you had Coach Schmidt for three years before he went to a and mm. um, I mean, just I'll, I'll throw it off. The glass and let you dunk it. Give us a Schmitty story, or a few if you have some. Oh boy!
0: Uh, uh, gosh, I, I remember just hearing the stories about Schmitty when I first got there, and how we got the tame Schmitty compared to what guys in you know the early two thousands got. You know, before you know compliance and people got involved and you know how many hours they're restricted to uh, work us out, but you know, for me with Schmitty, you know, any person Schmitty, uh, stories, uh, he didn't have any issues with me. So I can't say, you know, he got mad at me or yelled at me, but you know, just Schmitty in general, you, you, you you loved him from, uh, I would say fall camp, the beginning of fall camp to the very last game of the season. Cause you know, you know, in January through summer, you know, he's going to work your butt off. He's going to Put you through everything possible to make sure you're ready for the season and sure enough to work. But my biggest nightmare during uh uh schmidt workouts is probably one being late. If you're late you gotta do you gotta do the workout and then you gotta do the stairmaster uh on level 10 for 30 minutes. And I was late once to one meeting and not meeting one uh workout and I went through that one time and I told myself i will never go through that again and sure enough i never missed a single workout i was close once i was close once and i i scraped up my legs sprinting into the locker room to get my shirt and shoes and cleats on but sure enough i made it just in time before he was done with the uh, workout group before us and then uh probably the biggest thing he's known for throughout players is ramps ramps and uh met uh met ball sit-ups you know by the end of the year during the summer you run up and when it's been to uh the stadium on i think it's the east side those ramps then there's like seven levels worth and we sprint up those ramps all the way up to the very top uh i think it's in under a minute for this uh, all the way up to level seven but well, I mean, each each position group had their different times, but for my the skill group, we had to get there. I think under a minute, like fifty eight seconds. I think it may have been even shorter, but yeah, there, there's plenty of nightmarish uh, stories with Smitty, and just you know, making sure I'm up and awake. Now, I, I still happens today. Like I'll think I missed something that when I you when know, I sleep in too long, but you know, I love especially yeah, like, being back too. Yeah. Yeah. I I love him to death and I got to see him uh, over the Thanksgiving break uh, when I was there for uh, Thanksgiving, you know, going to work out there at the facility.
1: Yeah. And it's it's kind of funny because your freshman year in 2015, that was the last season that the south end zone existed the way it used to, where it was like a mountain. And it was a trial for fans to even get up there. So I can only imagine what it was like for the players having to run it while being timed. So, uh, I mean, I'll say this, I have heard a story about Tommy Harris passing up, passing out at the top of that. And Tommy Harris is one of the greatest players to ever play at the University of Oklahoma. So yeah, that tells you what Jerry Schmidt is all about. Is but, exactly. Right. Uh, and it's, it's another thing is like, I mean, I was talking to um, one of my good friends on the team this past week and he was like, dude, Schmitty's been riding me all week. Like, and, and this is a guy who grew up with Schmitty. Like, he he knows Schmitty very well. And, I mean, they everybody says the same thing. He's playing mind games. He's trying to make you, uh, you know, he's trying to make you realize, that, hey, this is what's going to be expected of you here. I mean, if you can't handle it, you got to go. And uh, that's the way. I mean, I think as fans, like, that's fun for us to look at. But I know for players, it's got to be the worst so, um, yeah, you know, it's a whole situation, <laughs> but I actually just got reminded of this question in the middle of this. So this is the second, okay, no, this is the third to last question. Um, you're actually the first, everything really on this show. So you were the first player also on here. That was yeah. a part of that transition from, uh, Bob Stoops to Lincoln Riley and, uh, Coach Stoops' retirement. I think it definitely caught everybody off guard. Uh, I mean, coach Stoops was the only OU head coach I had known growing up. I think I might've actually cried that day. Um, and there was no, there was like, I don't think anybody, I mean, we always heard rumors every year that he was going to retire, but he finally does it. He goes to the spring. I remember seeing him at the spring game. He was talking to my dad and all that. And then he, uh, breaks the news that he's retiring. So, uh, for you being in that meeting room, um, just, I mean, I, I can't say you were expecting it. So, uh, take us back to that point, if you can, and tell us what what, what were you thinking just in that moment of, wow, I mean, this this is a guy all-time winning as coach in you football history, uh, now Hall of Famer. Like, he's, he's done. And then uh, I assume that he – I don't know if this is true. You can probably tell me if this is true or not. But I assume he passed the baton in the meeting that, like, he told y'all Coach Riley was going to be the next head coach because uh, I know it happened very quickly. But um, just take us through sitting in that meeting room when that took place. Yeah, so I'll, I'll back
0: up even a little further. So like, it, was, it was, I guess, like, mid-afternoon. Uh, we have this app called Teamworks that they use to communicate with us you know, for our meetings and everything that's scheduled. And uh, we got a message just to drop, basically drop everything that we're doing and come to uh, the team room for a uh, meeting you know, ASAP, we thought we were in so much trouble. We we didn't know what we did. We thought we, were, we thought we were just in trouble that we did something wrong and we were scared of our minds, at least I was. And we're sitting waiting in the uh, locker room. They didn't tell us to go into the team room yet. And then sure enough, as we're kind of sitting there waiting, that's when the news started to break uh, that Coach Stoops was retiring. And, you know, he, he walks in, you know, he tells us, you know, that he, you know, he's retiring and obviously everyone's getting a little emotional. You know, I remember seeing people, you know, starting to tear up, starting to cry. I was getting a little emotional myself. But, you know, he told us, you know, that this program's in great hands, you know, and, you know, Coach Riley is going to be the next head coach. And, you know, we were all, you know, excited to hear that, but also just, you know, sad to see, you know, Coach Stup stepping away.
1: Yeah, and it's 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 interesting too because I actually read his book this past year, and he said that he really knew it was over after that game you talked about after that Bedlam game when you guys won the Big Twelve championship. He said in his book that like he and his wife were the only people that knew he was done, and he managed to keep that under wraps in Oklahoma media. Okay, he managed to keep that under wraps for months. So uh, credit to Coach Stoops for that. But I just had to throw that in there because I just realized you were the only player that was on that team that we've had on here so far. But uh, this was my last question. So um, you were with Smitty for three years, and then your last two years, you were with Benny Wiley. And there are some differences there. So I want to know what were the differences between – uh coach wiley and coach schmidt just as far as like maybe their personalities and uh i mean i've met coach wiley plenty of times too and he's a great guy as well and uh you you just the 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 difference in their personalities the difference in their workouts uh i mean did you did you ever end up having like nightmares about coach wiley's workouts and things like that uh
0: no i i I can't say i had nightmares about coach wiley's workouts they were all, they were, you know, tough in their own right. They were difficult to get through, but I mean, you know, being with Schmidt for three years, you know, you, you've, you've seen everything that, you know, that can be thrown at you that you would, you'd be terrified to do. Uh, Wiley's workouts were a little more modern. Uh, Coach, uh, Coach Schmidt was, you know, a little, a little more old school, um, you know, uh, some, there there was more auxiliary type lifts, you know, anyone that's a, you know, weightlifter, you know, knows when I'm talking about when I say that, um, uh, coach, w- coach Wiley, he was, uh, he was more on, um, I would say, you know, kind of like explosiveness and speed and, uh, you know, uh, what's the good word for, it? uh, probably try just explosive speed, lightweight, you know, just being able to, be fast, you know, at, at the weight that you're, you know, trying to play at. And then, uh, personality wise, uh, Schmitty, you know, Schm- schmidt- yelling and, uh, yelling in a weight room, but outside of the weight room, you see coach Schmitty, you know, he's, you know, he didn't talk that much, you know, he'll say a couple words to you and coach Wiley. He, he's, he's, I would say, you know, kind of similar, in that standpoint, except he'll, he'll be more talkative. He'll approach you more and, you know, start conversations with you, uh, uh outside of uh, the weight room. Uh, that's yeah. how I would say they are personality wise, but you know, I just love both of them, uh, was proud to be both be a part of, uh,
1: both programs, straight programs. Yeah. I remember, I remember being at coach Riley's camp. Uh, a few years ago and coach Wiley was uh, doing the, the, the warmups and all that. And he was, I mean, he was on us. Like we were, we were actually on the team. It was quite an experience, but, um, and Schmitty was so much different at the BV camp. Like, like he wasn't even that way, but um, okay. This is the last, last, last question. So the main thing I get asked when it comes to you, it, every time somebody asks about you, they always say, so is he still trying to go to the league? So as I mentioned earlier, you're currently uh, in the USFL, which made me think of another question. But anyway, you're currently in the USFL with the Breakers. Uh, so your process to the NFL was a little bit weird because COVID hit in the middle of it. Yeah. And uh, I mean, you had a great pro day. Uh, you you probably had the best one out of a lot of people. I know Coach Riley went to the media and said that um, you were the guy that he got asked about the most by NFL coaches. But uh, I think I remember you telling me like you had a workout that week that the 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 lockdown really came into effect, and I believe it was with our beloved Dallas Cowboys, but uh you had workouts coming up, the draft and all that stuff. Um, talk about going through that entire process, like what was what was just that entire just that whole experience like? uh
0: I mean I would say like for most people, you know when COVID hit, you know, you, you really didn't know what to do. This was new. You're being told, you know, kind of just like to stay indoors, you know, you know, just, you know, mask up, stay isolated, trying not to, you know, keep your distance, social distance from people. But yeah, like you like you mentioned, I I was supposed to have a uh workout. It was uh I forgot what exactly it was called, but it was basically like guys within I don't know, I think it's two hundred miles that live that live in that area you know, that were draft prospects. If you grew up in that area or you were a resident there, they could uh, invite you out to have workouts and that was supposed to happen that week, but that's when uh, COVID and everything hit. Um, and then obviously that kind of messed up the whole draft process because now all they had to go off of was, you know, my pro day look and then, you know, film. So, I mean, that's a very limited, uh, process to go off of. Couldn't go through any, you know, personal private workouts at team's facilities, you know, go through, you know, one-on-one interviews with teams just so they can get to know me better. Um, so obviously that was a bummer, but, you know, I took it in stride and, you know, just kept, kept going with it. Um, uh, fortunately I didn't get drafted, but, you know, teams were interested. There is a, uh, uh, a mix up I'll, I'll just say that it was a mix up for uh, uh, two teams Well for one team that I was supposed to sign with. And there was a mix up and with COVID and everything, everyone was trying to handle uh, their roster sizes. Cause you can only have 90, I believe it's 90 people on your uh, I guess out of season roster and they had oversigned uh, due to COVID because everyone is, you know, in their own respective homes, GMs are, in their respective states, not even at their uh team facilities. And so they oversigned and I was one of those people that had to be let go and I kind of was uh left and went from there. Had some workouts um uh and then now I'm in the USFL and as you asked earlier yes I'm still pursuing uh the NFL that's uh that is still a big focus of mine that's my main focus right now Uh, still preparing for the USFL right now to have a big season to put on a uh, good film offensively and special teams again to, uh, uh, get, a you know, my flyer taken, you know, my NFL team next fall.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, I know they aren't, but, uh, Jerry Jones, Will McClay, if y'all are listening to this episode <laughs> and Lord knows we need another wide receiver, do what you guys need to do anyway. Um, So just real quick, so the breakers, uh, so a lot of people that if you haven't paid attention to the USFL, uh, they played all their games in one stadium in Birmingham. Now, are y'all actually going to be in y'all's respective cities this year or is it still going to be the same way? Uh,
0: So they expanded a little. Um, Each team won't be in their respective cities. It'll be uh, four hub cities. So it'll be Birmingham, Memphis, Canton, Ohio, and Detroit, Michigan. Um, I'll be in Birmingham again uh this uh upcoming spring uh and our home games will be there, and then we'll travel for any away games
1: uh to uh those three other respective cities that I mentioned All right, All right cool, I got you so uh that's officially gonna wrap it up after three last questions uh that's gonna do <laughs> today's episode um Guys, I lied. I said we were going to go short, but this happens every episode. We don't. Uh, we just end up talking. So um, this was a fun one. I mean, uh, Lee, we appreciate you coming on. Um, I know the people are going to love this one. Um, just any, any last words you want to say to the people out there? Uh, really, just to you, I just want to say, you know,
0: just how proud I am of you. I mean, you, you started this. I mean, you didn't start the podcast, but you started your whole media platform at least four years ago you know you're 16 oh when i got when i got to OU, you got to college yeah oh well so i mean so about eight so seven eight years now so i mean and you're what 16 17 17 16 17 so just do that so yeah i mean yeah i mean just do that at such an early age man just you know not not many people can say that and you know You know, the sky's the limit for you. You know, you're only going
1: to go up from here and can't say how proud I am. Thank you, cuz. Well, um, I mean, this was a family affair. It was awesome uh, to be able to sit down and do this. I know the family's going to enjoy it. Um, It's just going to be, this was, I mean, this was, this was incredible. So uh, thank you once again for coming on. Um, I mean, you know, you know how you rock, you know, how I hit you up all the time and uh, I tell you all the time, man, we're, we're always watching. We're proud of you. We're, We're excited to see you continue to strive. Uh, like I said, man, I mean, they're about ready to build a statue of you in War, Oklahoma at this rate. I mean, these these kids that I think I told you the story already of when I was in junior high, uh, our coach used to, to make highlight. He would, he would play like hype videos before every game. And there was a highlight tape one week and your touchdown against Florida Atlantic came up and they saw that touchdown and everybody just looked directly back at me. And I was like, "Hey, I mean that—that's him. What can I say? I mean, it's that's how it goes." So, uh, yeah, man. Once again, I mean, I appreciate this. This—this this was incredible. Um, you know, this should drive a lot of people crazy to be able to listen to this. But uh, thank you for joining, man. We'll—we'll—and we'll, to all the listeners, uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, we will try to gather as much news as we will. Um, unfortunately, we're gonna have to talk about OU basketball. So uh, we'll. See how that all goes after the weekend. Uh, We'll dive into some more of that. We'll dive into some more winter workout stuff. And uh, we'll continue scheduling some stuff with some more guests. We got some uh, National College Football guys coming up on here soon. So uh, we hope that you guys continue to listen. Uh, Leave a like, rating, review. You guys know how the rules work already. Uh, If you haven't, go listen to the past interviews. Go listen to the last episode. We talked about all the rumors surrounding Jeff Levy and all that stuff. So make sure you guys go tune into those. Once again, appreciate you guys listening. Lee, appreciate you for joining. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. And uh, we'll see you guys next week in Boomer Sooner. The Blitz Period
0: with Jalen Ross is brought to you by Sooners360.com.